don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. <laughs> I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And Michelle has a lisp now. Yep. We're just not going to talk about it for the rest of the podcast. I got braces, guys, and it's causing me to have a lisp right now. I won't have it forever, just for like the next six months. It just adds a little bit of pizzazz <laughs> sure. to your voice. Sure, whatever. <laughs> anyway. That's the only time we're gonna say anything i'm not gonna say anything again okay <laughs> okay so today i'm bringing you another case from massachusetts last if you listen to last week's episode i did lizzie borden who is from massachusetts mm-hmm. today i'm gonna be talking about edgar Allan poe who was born in boston massachusetts all right and fun fact if you guys don't know if you guys are familiar with football the baltimore ravens are actually named after Edgar Allan Poe's poem called The Raven. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I thought that was pretty cool. It is cool. I just thought I'd add that in there. Anyway, we'll just get right into it. Let's go. So like I said, Edgar Allan Poe was born in Boston, Massachusetts on January 19th, 1809 to Elizabeth Arnold Hopkins Poe and David Poe Jr., Okay. So his name was actually not Edgar Allan Poe when mm-hmm. he was born. It was just Edgar Poe. Okay. But we'll, we'll get to the Allen part here in a minute. Okay. So he had one older brother, William Henry Leonard Poe, mm-hmm. and a younger sister named Rosalie. Okay. Their grandfather, David Poe Sr., emigrated from Ireland in the 1750s. Edgar's father abandoned their family in 1810 and their mother died a year later from pulmonary tuberculosis or consumption it was also called consumption yeah a lot of people died from consumption yeah so poe was taken in by john allen who was a successful merchant in richmond virginia okay John and his wife served as Edgar's foster family and gave him the name Edgar Allan Poe, even though they never actually formally adopted him. Okay. They just, like, added that in there to kind of be like, you're ours. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a little bit easier just to take a child in and not have to go through adoption yeah. this time. And, I mean, they fostered him. Usually with foster families, they foster the child with the intention of the child getting back to their parents mm-hmm. but in this case he didn't have any didn't parents have any to go parents. back to yeah. so they were like well he's just gonna stay with us so they didn't have to adopt him so the allens had poe baptized into the epico ep- ep- <laughs> what was that <laughs> episcopal i think that's how you say that mm-hmm. uh, the episcopal church in 1812 so, the family sailed to the United Kingdom in 1815, where Poe attended school in Scotland, 
where John Allen was born. Okay. Edgar later rejoined the family in London in 1816. So the school he went to was kind of like a boarding school where he mm-hmm. stayed. And then um, the Allens were in London. Gotcha. So when he finished school for that year, he went and stayed with them in London. Okay. So then he studied at another boarding school in London until 1817. He entered the Reverend John Bransby's Manor House School and then moved to a suburb four miles north of London. Dang, that's a long <laughs> A long name, name yeah. <laughs> Poe moved back to Richmond with the Allens in 1820. And then in 1825, John's uncle died and was said to be one of the wealthiest men in Richmond, leaving John with several acres of real estate. Dang. The inheritance was estimated at $750,000, which is a lot even today. But in today's time, that would equal to $18 million. That's insane. Insane. So they were very well off. John celebrated his inheritance. Sorry, I can't talk today. John celebrated his inherited wealth by purchasing a two-story brick house. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm sure back then it was like back a Back then, deal. that was probably like a mansion. Yeah. Poe may have been engaged to Sarah Royster before he registered at the University of Virginia in February 1826, but it's not really known if they were actually engaged or if they just had like a relationship. Gotcha. He was going to university to study ancient and modern languages. Which makes sense, considering he was a poet. Mm-hmm. The university had strict rules, though they were mostly ignored. Okay. So nobody ever really like paid attention to the rules. Mm-hmm. These were like things of, on gambling, horses, guns, tobacco, alcohol. They were all like prohibited. So just like regular university. college. Yeah. During his time at university, Poe lost touch with Sarah, his supposed fiance, mm-hmm. and. And became estranged from the Allen family over gambling debts. So, he had a gambling problem. Okay. And, like, basically used his foster family for their money. Mm-hmm. He claimed that John had not given him sufficient money to register for classes, purchase textbooks, and procure and furnish a dorm. Even though John did send him money mm-hmm. for those things he, he just, just gambled it gambled away. it away yeah and he john even sent like extra money for like clothes and stuff mm-hmm. but he used poe used it all for gambling addiction is a rough thing yeah so poe gave up on university after a year but did not feel welcome returning to his foster family in richmond because of the fact that he was using them for their money. Yeah. Or at least gambling their money away. Yeah. He also had learned that Sarah, his supposed fiance, had married another man mm. while he was away at university. So he traveled to Boston in April of 1827, sustaining himself with odd jobs as a clerk and newspaper writer. He started using the name Henry L- Lorenet during this time like mm-hmm. a pen name also he wasn't very well off at this point in time like, he was just barely getting by yeah it even got to the point where 
he didn't have like um enough money to pay for I don't know if they had like heat like central heat mm-hmm. in this time but he had to like cut up his furniture in his house to like burn so he would stay warm they probably did not have central heat well i was not central heat but like i think a lot of people use like a, a wood, wood stove. stove yeah yeah he probably just didn't have enough money to buy wood or anything wood for he had to like cut up his furniture mm-hmm. to keep warm um so he was unable to support himself so he enlisted in the u.s army as a private on may 27th 1827 using the name edgar a perry interesting he claimed that he was 22 years old even though he was only 18 okay at the time he first served at fort independence in boston harbor for five dollars a month which i don't think was very much Mm -mm. that same year he released his first book it was a 40-page collection of poems called Tamerlane and Other Poems, and it was by a Bostonian. Like, he didn't put his name on it. He just put by a Bostonian. (laughs) Evelyn just wanted to say hey to everybody. (laughs) Yeah, if you hear my child in the background, just ignore her. She's just saying hello. Yes. So, only 50 copies of that book were printed, and the book didn't really get any attention. Okay. Poe's regiment was posted to Fort... Moultrie in Charleston, South Carolina, and traveled by ship on the Waltham on November 8th, 1827. He was promoted to, I don't know how to say this, artificer, Mm -hmm. and has his monthly, had his monthly pay doubled. He served for two years and became sergeant major for artillery and then sought to end his five-year enlistment early. Okay. Which doesn't happen easily. Right. When you enlist in the army. You They're like, like have you to agreed. Serve. Right. So he revealed his real name and his circumstance to his commanding officer, who would only allow him to be discharged if he reconciled with John Allen, his mm. foster father. So Poe wrote him a letter. And he was not sympathetic and spent several months ignoring him. Like, he was estranged from his foster family. They wanted nothing to do with him Mm -hmm. because he was using them. They were disappointed in him. So, like, John didn't care. He was like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm sure he cared. He was just way too hurt. Yeah. He wouldn't even write him back to let him know that his foster mother was ill. Mm -hmm. For her name was Frances. John's wife. Uh, and then she ended up dying on February 28th, 1829. Dang. So after his wife died, John agreed to support Poe's attempt to be just discharged. Okay. So he was finally discharged on April 15th, 1829. Poe moved back to Baltimore to stay with his Aunt Maria, his cousin Virginia, his brother Henry, and his grandmother Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You're giving me a look. Because I know what's going to happen. What? What do you, what do you think's going to happen? Virginia. Gonna... Virginia? Mm-hmm. She's ringing a bell in my head, I feel you, like. You think she's <laughs> ringing a bell? Okay. Okay, we'll get there. I won't spoil it. Go ahead. Okay. So, he 
um, traveled to the United States Military Academy in West Point, in West Point, New York, on July 1st, 1830, as part of his agreement of his early discharge. Okay. In October 1830, John Allen married his second wife, Louisa Patterson. Their marriage and quarrels with Poe led to John Allen officially disowning Poe as his foster son. Okay. So, like, that was it. Mm-hmm. His new wife didn't get along with him. She thought, you know, he was just using them for their money. So, well, that, she that didn't was have the all end. the history with right. Edgar. Like, mm-hmm. um, what was her name? Sorry. Francis. Um, Francis, yes. She had all that history with him. She knew him. Right. Very young age. So she was and very this new much... person coming in is like, oh, nope, he's just mm-hmm. using us for the money. Yeah. So that was, that's the end of their relationship. Poe decided to leave West Point by purposely getting court-martialed. Okay. So on February 8th, 1831, he was tried for gross neglect of duty and disobedience of orders for refusing to attend formation classes or church. He pled not guilty to induce dismissal, knowing that he would be found guilty. Could you imagine you get in trouble with the law because you didn't go to church? Yeah. Oh, good God. Ridiculous. Poe went back to New York in February of 1831 and released his third volume of poems, simply titled Poems. How original. Very original. The book was financed with help from his fellow cadets at West Point, who raised a total of $170 for him to publish his book. After the release of his third book, Poe moved back to Baltimore to his aunt, cousin, and brother in March 1831. He did a lot of moving around. Sounds like it. His brother, Henry, had been sick partly due to alcoholism and died on August 1st, 1831. Dang. After his brother died, Poe began writing more and trying to further his career as a writer. He was one of the first Americans to live off of writing alone. Most authors wrote as a side profession or a hobby. So, I think even nowadays, Mm -hmm. being an author doesn't pay much. Mm -hmm. You do it. With, with the amount of time you put into it, doesn't, it's, the amount you get paid is not enough. Yeah. So most people do it as a hobby mm-hmm. or, you know, a side job. Right. For fun to get paid for. But some people go really far with it, like Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Based, I mean, that's his whole career. Yeah. As being an author. Right. So it can lead to more. But simply writing one or two or three books isn't much. Mm-hmm. So after his early attempts at writing poetry, Poe placed a few stories with a Philadelphia publication and started working on his drama called, at first I thought it said The Politician. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's it looks Polition. Like Polition. I don't, I don't know. So he won a prize from the Baltimore Saturday Visitor for his short story, MS, found in a bottle in October of 1833. This story brought him to the attention of John P. Kennedy, who was a Baltimorean, who helped Poe place some of his stories and introduced him to Thomas W. White, who was editor of the Southern Literary Messenger in Richmond. Okay. Poe became assistant editor of the Messenger Mm -hmm. in August of 1835, but Thomas White discharged him after a few weeks for being drunk on the job. (laughs) 
So he was becoming an alcoholic. Okay. Poe went back to Baltimore, where he obtained a license to marry his cousin, Virginia. Told you. On September 22nd, 1835. He was 26 Mm -hmm. at the time. She was 13. Mm -hmm. And his cousin. Mm -hmm. It's gross. 13. Bro. And it's not even like second, third cousin. His cousin. Cousin. That's gross. Poe promised to be on his bef- beft- best behavior if Thomas White would give him his job back at the messenger mm-hmm. and his wish was granted. So he moved back to Richmond with Virginia and her mother. Okay. He remained working at the messenger until January 1837. During this time, Poe published several poems, book reviews, critiques, and stories in the paper, which is what the messenger was. Mm-hmm. It was a paper. On May 16, 1836, Poe and Virginia officially got married at their Richmond boarding house with a witness who falsely claimed that Virginia was 21 years old, mm. when in reality she was like 14 or 15 years old. Wow. Gross. Mm-hmm. Even more gross that it's his literal cousin. Right. Poe's novel, The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket, was published and reviewed in 1838. In the summer of 1839, Poe became assistant editor of Burton's Gentleman's Magazine. Interesting. Also in 1839, the collection of Tales of the Grotesque and Arabesque was published. It was published in two volumes, but he made very little money off of them. Poe left Burton's after about a year and then found a position as writer and co-editor at the monthly Graham's Magazine. Around this time, Poe attempted to get a position in the administration of President John Tyler. Okay. He hoped to be appointed to the United States Custom House in Philadelphia with help from President Tyler's son, Robert, who was an acquaintance of one of Poe's friends. So, a friend of a friend. Okay. Of a president's son. Poe was supposed to meet with his friend, Frederick Thomas. Mm-hmm. The one who knew Robert, the president's. Interesting. Yes. So, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. But Poe failed to show up, claiming he was sick, but Frederick suspected, suspected he was actually drunk. Right. And when you, you get addicted to, like, one thing, you can ad- get addicted to multiple things. It's very easy. Yeah. To fall into other addictions. Mm-hmm. In January 1842, Virginia started showing signs of consumption, also known as tuberculosis. Sad face. She was playing the piano and singing, and Poe described her symptoms as breaking a blood vessel in her throat. Oh. Which, tuberculosis, one of the signs is coughing up blood. Mm, gotcha. So, I'm assuming she was playing the piano and singing, and she just started coughing up she went like a coughing fit yes she only partially recovered and poe started drinking more heavily given the stress of her illness right he left graham's and returned to new york where he would work briefly at the evening mirror 
before becoming editor of the Broadway Journal and then later become owner of the Broadway Journal. So all of these different titles are all like magazines, newspapers, stuff like that. On January 29th, 1845, his poem, The Raven, appeared in the Evening Mirror and became very popular. This poem is what made everyone know who Edgar Allan Poe was, even though he was only paid $9 for his publication. Wow. Which is not a lot. Mm -mm. The Broadway Journal failed, and in 1846, Poe moved to a cottage in Fordham, New York, in the Bronx. This home is now known as the Edgar Allan Poe Cottage. It's still there. It's not in that exact location they moved it, Mm -hmm. but it's still there. You can go visit it today. Okay. Kind of want to go. Yeah. Virginia ended up dying at the cottage on January 30th, 1847 from her illness. Poe was increasingly unstable after her death. Mm -hmm. He attempted to start a relationship with another poet, Sarah Helen Whittem, who lived in Rhode Island. Okay. Their engagement failed because of Poe's drinking and erratic behavior. Of course. Poe returned to Richmond, where he got back with his childhood sweetheart, Sarah Royster. Wow. Who he was supposedly engaged with the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. On October 3rd, 1849, Poe was found delirious on the streets of Baltimore in great distress and in need of immediate assistance. Joseph Walker was the person who found him. Poe was taken to the Washington Medical College and died on Sunday, October 7th, 1849 at 5 in the morning. He was not coherent long enough to explain how he came to be in his dire condition and was wearing clothes that were not. It is said that the night before his death, he repeatedly called out the name Reynolds, though no one knows who he might have been talking about. Hmm. Some people say that his last words were, Lord, help my soul. Yeah. (laughs) All medical records have been... No, I was laughing at your typo. (laughs) Lord, help my soul. (laughs) All medical records have been lost, including Poe's death certificate. What? How do you do that? That happens a lot, though. I know, but... Where they're quote-unquote lost. I know, but it's just crazy to me. That they're just nowhere to be found. Newspapers at the time said that Poe had died of congestion of the brain or cerebral inflammation, which is usually what they said when someone died of things like alcoholism. Gotcha. The actual cause of death remains a mystery. Speculation has included heart disease, epilepsy, syphilis, meningeal inflammation, cholera, carbon monoxide poisoning, and rabies. Wow, that's a lot. Immediately after his death, Poe's literary rival, Rufus Wilmot Griswold, Mm -hmm. wrote a high-profile obituary filled with falsehoods that cast Poe as a lunatic and described him as a person who, quote, walked the streets in madness or melancholy, with lips moving in indistinct curses, or with eyes upturned in passionate prayers. Interesting. There are 
many theories as to how Poe died. Mm-hmm. But one was published by biographer E. Oakes Smith in her article, Autobiographic Notes, Edgar Allan Poe. At the instigation of a woman who considered herself injured by him, he was cruelly beaten, blown upon blow, by a ruffian who knew of no better mode of avenging supposed injuries. It is well known that brain fever followed. So basically he was beaten to death by a woman Hmm. who did him, or who he had done wrong. Gotcha. Other accounts also mentioned these ruffians who had beaten Poe senseless before his death. Okay. Others believed that Poe fell victim to a practice known as cooping. Okay. I had never heard of this before, and it f- yeah. it's fucking insane. Please tell me, because I don't know what it is. Either. So, this was a method of voter fraud practiced by gangs in the 19th century, where an unsuspecting victim would be kidnapped, disguised, and forced to vote for a specific candidate multiple times under multiple identities. Oof, what the hell? Over the years, this has become has come to be one of the most widely accepted explanations for Poe's strange demeanor before his death. It would make sense. So, before Prohibition, voters were given alcohol after they had forced them to vote as Mm -hmm. a reward. So, if Poe was forced to vote multiple times in a cooping scheme, that might explain his semi-conscious ragged state. Gotcha. He could have been, like, highly drunk. Right. And not knowing what was going on. He was an, an alcoholic. So. I mean, if they offered him alcohol, he probably took it. Right. And also the fact that he was dressed in different clothes. Mm-hmm. As, like, to dress to, like, disguise him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems the most logical. Yeah. To me. Carbon monoxide poisoning is another suspected cause of his death. Mm-hmm. In 1999, public health researcher Albert Donnie argued that Poe's death was a result of carbon monoxide poisoning from coal gas that was used for indoor lighting during the 19th century. Interesting. Donnie took clippings of Poe's hair and tested them for certain heavy metals that would be able to reveal the presence of coal gas. The test was inconclusive, leading biographers and historians to largely discredit Donnie's theory. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. It was inconclusive, but it wasn't negative. Right. So another one was a brain tumor. One of the most recent theories about Poe's death suggests that the author succumbed to a brain tumor, which influenced his behavior before his death. When Poe died, he was buried rather unceremoniously in an unmarked grave in a Baltimore graveyard. Twenty-six years later, a statue was erected honoring Poe near the graveyard's entrance. Poe's coffin was dug up and his remains exhumed in order to be moved to the new place of honor. But more than two decades after, sorry, two decades of buried decay had Mm -hmm. not been kind to Poe's coffin or the corpse within it and the apparatus fell apart as workers tried to move it from one part of the grave to another little remained of poe's body but one worker did remark on a strange feature of poe's skull 
a mass rolling around inside it. Newspapers of the day claimed that the clump was Poe's brain, shriveled yet intact after almost three decades in the ground, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, your brain is like one of the first things to go, isn't it? Yeah, and if it's a tumor, a tumor just doesn't decay, Yeah, I don't think. I don't know if it does. I mean, it's still like, a tumor is just your cells rapidly producing. Mm -hmm. Your cells are always producing, right? But like cancer, like your cells like overproduce Mm -hmm. so that's what causes a mass oh that makes sense so if it was in there for that long then it probably would have decayed just like everything else but maybe not as fast i don't know because it's still like it's like i mean not as fast as the brain muscle no not as fast as the brain but if the rest of his body was in there for 20 years and there was only bones it probably would have been decayed too. Right. It was probably just a rock or something. <laughs> probably. They're like, oh my god, there's mass. And yeah. it's just a fucking rock. Yeah. And it's like white or something. And they're yeah. like, why is it so hard? Mm-hmm. A fucking rock. Anyways. So we know today that the mass could not have been Poe's brain, which is one of the first parts of the body to rot after death, like mm-hmm. you said. But Matthew Pearl, an American author who wrote a novel about Poe's death, was nonetheless intrigued by this clump. He contacted a forensic pathologist who told him that while the clump couldn't be a brain, it could be a brain tumor, which can calcify after death into a hard mass. Okay, now that would make sense. Mm-hmm. If it's calcified and everything, that, that would makes make sense. Because that's basically like I was bones. just saying, like, if it just decayed, then what the hell? But yeah, yeah, if it calcified, totally makes sense. Yeah. And maybe they weren't as dumb. They are like, oh. Maybe this isn't a rock. Maybe it's not a rock. <laughs> so, another cause of death could could have been f- the flu. Yeah, that makes sense, too. A far less sinister theory suggests that Poe merely succumbed to the flu, which might have turned into deadly pneumonia mon- n- pneumonia <laughs> <laughs> on his deathbed. I'm not going to get into the rest of that. That's self-explanatory. Yeah. I think a lot of people died of the flu. Oh, 100%. And pneumonia, even today. I mean, people people still die from the flu all the time, and you can get pneumonia while having the flu, which makes it, like, way worse. Mm -hmm. Right. I think the flu leads to pneumonia if it's not treated properly. Also, if you're, like, throwing up and, like, your throw up is going in your lungs on accident somehow, it can also cause, like, an infection or pneumonia. Right. But you can also get pneumonia from having the flu, yes. But that's just, like, another roundabout way you can get pneumonia yeah yeah or like anything that goes in your lungs it just like covers the Mm -hmm. thing in your lung and then you can just get an infection interesting it's gross anyways so um the last one we're gonna talk about is murder murder (laughs) Um, i don't know why i did that which i mean if he was a victim of the cooping thing Mm -hmm. with the voting fraud Mm -hmm. that could be considered murder right Here's the thing. Murder by, I guess if like, they made him, like, continuously drink, and then that killed him, yes. But my thinking is, why wouldn't they just let him go afterwards? Because it's not like you can really be like, they're just going to run away afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not as good identification back then as there is now. Right. And even now, they say, like... It's not like he could have went to the police and been like... Yeah, they they say that even now, like, human, like statements like visuals that uh-huh. we're not good at spotting no, the we're same not. thing like 
our brains can make shit up to fill in gaps or we can pick the wrong person like especially in situations like that yeah like i know a big case a big recent case in Mm -hmm. indiana is the delphi murders oh yeah and that guy's like never been found Mm -hmm. but we don't really know if that sketch is accurate yeah it's hard to say if it's accurate or not well they have the picture you're right of the dude walking out which that helps yeah so i think that helps with the sketch but you're mm -hmm. you're still 100 percent right yeah yeah so in his 2000 book midnight dreary the mysterious death of edgar Allan poe author john evangelist walsh presents yet another theory about poe's death that poe was murdered by the brothers of his wealthy fiance, Elmira Shelton, which I didn't talk about in my research, but it wasn't mentioned, I don't know. Using evidence from newspapers, letters, and memoirs, Walsh argues that Poe actually made it to Philadelphia, where he was ambushed by Shelton's three brothers who warned Poe against marrying their sister. Frightened by the experience, Poe disguised himself in new clothes, accounting for the secondhand clothing right and hid in philadelphia for nearly a week before heading back to richmond to mary shelton okay her brothers intercepted poe in baltimore walsh postulates beat him and forced him to drink whiskey which they knew would send poe into deathly sickness because he was already an alcoholic right walsh's theory has gained little traction among poe's historians or book reviewers edwin j barton in a review for the journal american literature called wash's story only plausible not wholly persuasive midnight dreary is interesting and entertaining he concluded but its value to literary scholars is limited and oblique yeah i don't know about the whole murder thing that's kind of far off i guess here's my thing how did they know to intercept him yeah, like, how did he know where he was going to be Yeah, at? like, they didn't, so. And that just, I don't know, that just doesn't make sense. And word doesn't get around that fast in this time. It's not like you could just call somebody up and be like, hey. Or post it on social media. He's going to be at this place at this time. Right. Like, you know. Unless you wrote a letter, and then it's going to get there fucking three weeks after the fact. Right. <laughs> you know, so I feel like that one's just kind of like a, mm-hmm. a reach. But I understand where they were going with the thought. Yeah. So, I think... In my opinion, mm. I think the cooping method is probably yeah. how he died. Maybe they didn't actually know who he was Yeah. when they picked him up. And they were just, like, trying to get somebody mm-hmm. to, like, do it, too. Yeah. And it just happened to be Edgar motherfucking Allen Poe. Yep. Or or a brain tumor. Yeah, Those I could believe the, the brain tumor. Think, yeah. Didn't he, like, sleep on his mom's grave at the cemetery for, like, yeah, nights Yeah, I and think stuff? he did. I think that was probably when he was, like, really bad off mm-hmm. and, like, trying to get his life going. I think it was, too. I but, just, I thought that. I just wanted to make. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, um, Edgar that was good. Allen Poe. I like, well, he was kind of a predator, so. Yeah. And, but I do like some of his art. Yes. I will say that. I didn't like him as a person, but. He was Also, very back then, talented. though, like. To marry your cousin and also to marry someone 10 years younger than you back then, it wasn't really looked yeah. down upon like that, I don't think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though they did lie about her age when they went to get married. Yeah, and said she was 21. Mm-hmm. 
she was like i'm sure it was looked down upon but not as much as it is now Mm -hmm. but that still doesn't justify the fact just saying yeah just for the time it's it was a little bit different kind of yuck oh 100 percent gives me the ick the ick he is the ick he was very talented he was. He His had, art was good. He had a very like hard upbringing. Mm-hmm. He did. He went through a lot of shit. That doesn't give me an excuse to no. be a predator. But I mean, he went through a lot to get to where he was. Oh, 100 percent. To be. I and mean, he was struggling with addiction. And I know a lot of people say like, addiction is a choice, not a disease. But like, the initial thing is definitely a choice. But yeah. after the fact, it's a fucking disease. Like yeah. it gets you. Like mm-hmm. it draws you in. Like. It messes with your brain chemistry. I think that's yeah. what people don't understand. Is like it literally messes up your brain and rewires your brain. The initial is the initial, you know, what makes you addicted is a choice. For you sure. You a hundred percent choose to drink. Oh, hundred percent. But also but then after my point of view it turns into what, more. What leads you to the choice? I feel like a lot of people are so easy to to look down upon people that are addicted and this and that because of that initial choice but like everybody goes through hardship in their life and a lot of people are down and depressed right. i mean let's be honest yeah. like it's easy to make that initial choice to try to escape everybody wants to escape mm-hmm. when they're having a bad time you mm-hmm. know what i mean but some people just make that bad choice and they weren't thinking clearly right. a lot of I think addiction and mental illness also go hand in hand. A lot of people are dealing with mental illnesses that they don't even know about. Yeah. And then, so they make that initial choice because they're not mentally right. You and know then it saying? turns into an addiction that yeah. so you have I don't, no control over. I don't want to say all addicts are like that, but just from my experience, I'm not an addict, but I have family members, loved ones that were mm-hmm. and struggled with a really bad addiction. And I know how it is. I watched it happen you know, mm-hmm. and those people deal with mental illness or they were down on themselves. I just feel like everybody's so easy to look down on people like that when really we should be helping them, not punishing them, yeah. you know? And the, and the ones that do get help, I, I hate the argument where people are, say like, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Well, some people like, it is because they get you, triggered if easily. If you go and get help yeah, and you are clean and mm-hmm. you've done what you needed to do and you've got your life together. You're not mm-hmm. you're not always an addict. Yeah, you can be triggered by things. Right. I just but think you're not going to oh, I'm not going to consider you an addict. No, that's not you what I meant. You have got like you've turned your life around, you realized what you've mm-hmm. done and you've gotten better. Yeah, what I was going to explain is that I think a lot of addicts say once an addict, always an addict because they can get easily triggered and they know how easy it is to fall back into that lifestyle mm-hmm. sometimes. So, I don't think some people, when they say that, I don't think they're meaning it in a bad way. I just think their addicts are easily triggered. Like, mm-hmm. like, like for example, people, if you're an alcoholic and you've, you know, turned your life around, you don't drink anymore. You, you walk can down be the alcohol by... aisle on accident and then you are like, oh, I'm triggered. Like, I really want that. Like, yeah, because that is how your brain is just rewired at that point, you mm-hmm. know? So, I just feel like, yeah. The statement is not necessarily true. I just feel like a lot of people just don't under, don't mean it in the mean way. They just mean it like, yeah, I just explained. Yes, I get it. I get it. I get it. And also rehab should not be so damn expensive. Why is it so expensive to get your life back on track? It's stupid. Makes no fucking sense at all. None. 
Also, we should have more programs in prison to help addicts. Mm-hmm. Just my personal opinion. Instead but. of just throwing him in there. Yeah. But anyways. Anyways. Uh, that was a whole tangent. Go follow our socials if you haven't already. If you have a case suggestion, if you have a story you want us to read, your own personal story, shoot us an email at tcstpod at gmail.com. That's so hard for me to say now. Um, but, but shoot us an email. DM us on Instagram, Twitter. We have Facebook. Message us on Facebook. Uh, TikTok, but we don't really post much on TikTok. I was posting there for a while, but I feel like kind of gets repetitive when I'm just posting, like, screen recordings. Like, we need to really get into that. Yeah, but. I um was thinking about posting a TikTok the other day, mm-hmm. like, updating everybody on our mm-hmm. stuff. So, I might do that later today. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we both will. Okay. But anyways, yep, go follow us and... Don't forget to go watch, or watch, listen to Michelle's episode that came out on Wednesday. Yep. History on Witches. Where... She's doing all kind of spooky stuff. Yep. Leading up to Halloween, since I don't have October for story time. So, that is it. That's it. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.